If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. Our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 51, page 403. Have mercy upon me, O God, after thy great goodness. According to the multitude of thy mercies, do away mine offenses. Wash me throughly from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying, and clear when thou shalt judge. Behold, I was shapen in wickedness, and in sin hath my mother conceived me. But lo, thou requirest truth in the inward parts, and shalt make me to understand wisdom secretly. Thou shalt purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Thou shalt make me hear of joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Turn thy face from my sins, and put out all my misdeeds. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. O give me the comfort of thy help again, 
and establish me with thy free spirit. Then shall I teach thy ways unto the wicked, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou that art the God of my health, and my tongue shall sing of thy righteousness. Thou shalt open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall show thy praise. For thou desirest no sacrifice, else would I give it thee, but thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, shalt thou not despise. O be favorable and gracious unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with the burnt offerings and oblations. Then shall they offer young bullocks upon thine altar. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fifth chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Run, through, run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. See now and know, and seek in her open places if you can find a man, if there is anyone who executes judgment, who seeks the truth, and I will pardon her. Though they say as the Lord lives, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not your eyes on the truth? You have stricken them, but they have not grieved. You have consumed them, but they have not they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than rock. They have refused to return. Therefore I said, Surely these are poor. They are foolish, for they do not know the way of the Lord, the judgment of their God. I will go to the great men and speak to them. For they have known the way of the Lord, the judgment of their God. But these have altogether broken the yoke and burst the bonds. Therefore a lion from the forest shall slay them. A wolf of the deserts shall destroy them. A leopard will watch over their cities. Everyone who goes out from there shall be torn in pieces, because their transgressions are many. Their backslidings have increased. How shall I pardon you for this? Your children have forsaken me and sworn by those that are not gods. When I had fed them to the full, when they committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlots' houses, they were like well-fed lusty stallions. Every one neighed after his neighbor's wife. Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? And shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, 
Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 22nd verse of the 10th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, You are gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said I am the Son of God. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Therefore they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him there. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. With thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So in our first lesson, um, we get this initial sense of searching for the, throughout the entirety of the land to see if there is one righteous person. And I think this calls to mind Abraham's conversation or his plea that he had with God over the fate of Sodom back in the book of Genesis. And the intention there was to demonstrate how God's judgment interplays with his mercy. And it demonstrates this principle that God does not indeed, he does not um, slay the just alongside the wicked. It also, in a way, demonstrates God's patience through that biblical term, that beautiful term, God's long-suffering. Even a little bit of light in the midst of darkness will suffice. So its purpose here in Jeremiah, then, on the other side, is to demonstrate just the total corruption of Israel. There is no light whatsoever from both the people and from the leaders alike. And it thus establishes and gives the just basis for the upcoming judgment, the upcoming crisis in Israel. Ultimately, when we look at it, the accusation here against Israel is a lack of reverence for the truth. Israel doesn't care about truth with its dealings with each other. It doesn't care about truth with regards to her worship, that is, going after false gods, and as the text puts it, going after false gods as though they were fleeing to a house of prostitutes. And finally, Israel does not care about the truth of 
God's word. This is seen clearly in their complete disregard of the prophets. And so for this lack of reverence for the truth caused by stubbornness, ultimately, hard-headedness like a rock, Israel will be punished. But, as this chapter points out several times, not completely destroyed. So they will be punished, but not completely wiped out. Punishment, yes, will come for Israel's sins, but it will not be the final move. It will not be the final word from God. So then in our second lesson, um, in John chapter 10, we see in Jesus' interaction with the Jewish religious leaders the same sort of disregard for truth, the same sort of stubbornness as the primary traits then that characterize, again, the Jewish religious leaders of Jesus' day. Uh, the New Testament often does this. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it compares and likens the current generation of Jewish uh, people, the Jewish leaders in the first century, with then the generation of Israelites back in the days pre-exile, comparing those two, saying that they are behaving in the same exact way. So here we see in this dialogue between Jesus, we see this dialogue between Jesus and the Jewish religious leaders at the Feast of Dedication. So this is significant because what this feast was, was it it was a feast that celebrated or commemorated the rededication of the temple by Judas Maccabeus after it had been profaned by Antiochus Epiphanes. So you see that um, in the intertestamental period. You can look at Maccabees to, to get the whole story there. But this backdrop is really important that Jesus is having this conversation walking around the temple um, celebrating then the rededication of the temple. So Jesus then here, he's using this as the occasion to talk about the nature of his relationship, his union with the Father. Uh, it's, it's significant because the temple, we have to remember, was seen within Jewish theology and thought as a primary meeting place between God and man. So the temple is the place where God God's presence dwells. It was the place where heaven and earth, if you will, came together and joined together. So John has been making this point right from the beginning of his gospel that Jesus is indeed the new temple. So we see that, if you remember back in John chapter 1 in the prologue, um, the word became flesh and dwelt, that is, tabernacled among us. So the incarnation then, what we see in the person of Jesus, is the fulfillment of the temple, the fulfillment of any rededication of the temple. Jesus says to the Jewish leaders here, I and the Father are one. And this is what they supposedly came looking for, right? They came to Jesus and said, okay, Jesus, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, if you are the Christ, then tell us plainly. Jesus, of course, does this. That's the irony here. He does do this plainly. He does it both plainly in word and plainly in deed. But, of course, that's not the thing. That's not the real issue. The real issue, as Jesus says, is that they simply don't want to hear it. They have that, again, that same stubbornness, that same lack of regard for truth that characterized Israel in Jeremiah's day. And so for this reason... Just like as it happened in Jeremiah's day, Israel will be punished again with the destruction of the temple. 
So the thing about stubbornness, especially uh, stubbornness of the spiritual sort, is that you don't just wake up one day and are stubborn. It's something that you're formed into. It's something that happens somewhat, in, it's a bit insidious and it happens gradually over time. And usually this formation comes um, when there's something else then that's competing for that central place in your heart. So when, what I mean by that is that when something is competing, competing for that central place in your heart, whatever it might be, and might actually be winning, what we do is subconsciously we become stubborn, we become hard-hearted, so as to protect and justify that other thing having that central place in our heart. I hope that makes sense. Um, ultimately, our Lenten disciplines are aimed chiefly at this. It's aimed at our hearts. It's all about what we most love. It's about then keeping at distance the sorts of things um, that might be trying to compete for and take over that central place in your heart. It's about recognizing that Jesus will, under no circumstances, share that central place in your life. He is our true and our ultimate love, so we must keep these things in check so that we don't just wake up. So, that, so excuse me, so we're not then um, surprised that we have been malformed in such a way um, over a long period of time. So the whole point is that we would address these real and present issues in our hearts so that we wouldn't be led astray from Jesus and that our hearts then would be given uh, fully to him. So we'll continue now with our intercession, as always, on page 590. Take a second and call the mind those you're praying for. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind, that the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority.